Welcome to This Is Only a Test, episode 20. Wow, this is our 20th episode, recorded July 22nd, 2010. As you can tell, I'm not into the whole brevity thing today, or I would have said 2010. But joining me again this week, Norman Chan, on location at Comic-Con in San Diego, hopefully taking pictures of scantily clad women in tight costumes. Uh, but joining me today, uh, not filling his shoes, but but sitting in with me, I'm, I'm excited to have him here. Uh, he's been on before, a very special guest uh, and frequent contributor to Tested.com, uh, Matt Braga. <laughs> right, hello, right, hello. It? Yes, it's a, it's a, there's for a, there's not that many vowels, which usually makes names complex. But there's there's some choices in how I could pronounce that. I'm pretty sure I mucked it up. But how are you doing, Matt? I'm uh, doing well today. Doing well. Couldn't uh, couldn't care less how you pronounce the last name. I'm uh, I'm not too worried. So you're you're but, you're uh, gonna do the share thing and just go by Matt after a while? Is that the the plan? Just ditching the last <laughs> name entirely. Ditch the last name. The artist formerly known as yes, yes. Uh, that's that's the Prince thing. But still, yes. you, you you catch my drift. You're like you're like Madonna. You you don't need a uh, you don't need a last name. I like that. So how are you doing, man? Uh, doing well, doing well. Things uh, things are hot here. Not uh, probably not uh, you know San Diego hot, but or San Francisco hot rather. Well, San but, Francisco's uh, not hot. It's I had to light a fire last night. It was so cold here. Really? Wow. Geez, yeah, we get we're, we get fog. Uh, we're we're going pretty high with the humidex today. It's uh, it's kind of nice to have the air on and be uh, be inside writing. That's for sure. That's that's uh, yeah. It's definitely not a day to be out doing construction work. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It's it's uh, in the summertime here. You know, Mark Twain said the the coldest winter of his life was the summer he spent in San Francisco. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, I learned this lesson when I first moved out here because it is it is legitimately freezing in the summertime. I moved out here wow. in the middle of July, had uh, basically like a suitcase full of shorts and t shirts. And it was 50 degrees when I got off the plane, and I don't think I saw 70 for the first two months that I lived here. So it's uh, it's it's uh, pretty brutal in the summertime. So Interesting. How long have you been here for now, anyways? Uh, let's see. I moved out on, in the middle of July in 2000, so it's been 10 oh. years, right Right of, as of like two weeks ago, week and a half Very ago. Very nice. Yeah, it's been, it's, you know, I, I can't think of any place I'd rather <laughs> live. So, I mean, of course, I don't think about it that much. So maybe if I really, like... Willy Wonka's castle, or um, <laughs> I, I don't know. So there's got to be some place I'd rather live, but I don't know what it is. So I, I'm, I'm happy. Anyway, uh, I've seen you playing a lot of TF2. Just to get that announcement out there, the TF2 server is in full effect, and it's full pretty much around the clock. Uh, I mean, have you had, had any luck getting on lately? Uh, no, haven't uh, haven't been on in the past week. But I was on when you were first testing it, and honestly, it was. Uh, you know, despite some of the network hip- hiccups, it was a uh, it was a blast. You know, it was a lot of fun to play with all the uh, play with all the readers and things like that. And uh, can't complain. Yeah, well, we've been talking about bringing some more uh, servers online in different regions, so uh, maybe a Euro uh-huh. and an East Coast. But nothing, nothing, nothing to report yet. But the the the, the talk is happening. So any uh, any talks of different games? Uh, we we've been talking about that as well. I mean, I I don't know. Like right now, it seems like the PC gaming community is pretty much. Battlefield Bad Company or Team Fortress, right? I mean, what else yep. is out right now? Uh. <laughs> Unreal 3. I mean, are people yeah. still playing that? I don't, I don't even know. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, as as games come on, I, de- I mean, definitely when Battlefield 3 is out, I know Norm and I 
are both huge, huge Battlefield 1942 and Battlefield 2 fans. So I mean, when, when, when that is a, a game that you can play, we'll definitely be on board with that. Very nice. Yes. See, whereas, whereas I am on the slightly other side of the fence, and I will probably be picking up uh, Black Ops when that comes out. Uh, if only oh. because all of my friends are huge, huge, huge Call of Duty fans, and that's just what we end up playing at the LAN parties. Well, I so. mean, we, we played a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Call of Duty 2, even, uh, yeah. Modern Warfare 2. I, I, I'd be, I mean, assuming Black Ops is good, and the, the giant bomb guys seem to be super into it from what they've played so far. Nice. Um, I mean, we'll definitely do, and I think Black Ops is going back to a server model. They're, they're ditching yep. the... The kind of goofy multiplayer only thing that that clearly didn't work very well, <laughs> the, you know the the it the sucked host, for land parties. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, it sucked for it sucked for internet play too, dude. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was oh, yeah, hacks and I mean, it wasn't fun. So no. Anyway, that's the that's the server news. Uh, I played a little Alien Swarm this morning while I was, I've been testing headphones <laughs> furiously for the last day and a half. So uh, we should have a story up on that early next week. You you wrote uh, something kind of well. Let's talk about Alien Swarm Swarm for a sec. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot of news this week, so we're going to skip pretty much straight into questions. But Alien Swarm uh, is a Valve kind of developed. As, I think it started life as a UT 2004 mod. Yeah. Um, it's a top-down shooter. Have you played it at all yet, Matt, or no? Yeah, yeah. I was able to play uh, play about two or three two or three hours the other night. Uh, it was it was decent. But anyhow, go on, go on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it's it's this top-down shooter. It's very much an homage to Aliens, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you. You have this uh, squad of four people. I, th- I think it caps out at four people, right? Yeah. Seems like. Um, and, you know, medic, heavy weapon guy, you know, uh, technician, basically all these different skills that you need to kind of get through what's a pretty brutal co-op experience, even on <laughs> normal. I mean, we died a lot. Not not yeah. a ridiculous amount, but I, I mean, I just helped the bomb guys shoot a quick look, and, and I died a lot, and it was kind of embarrassing, actually. <laughs> but um, It's the parasites that get you. Yeah, the parasites are brutal. I mean, we, we ended up... The only way we survived the parasites was by, you know, double. So these parasites are these things. They're face huggers. They yep. jump on you. They suck a ridiculous amount of health. And the only way to get them off of you is to to, to use a healing ray or healing power or something like that. Yeah. The only way we were able to get past that was with flamethrowers and multiple medics. <laughs> so we burned them with fire and then we healed ourselves. We made the mistake uh, first time playing around where we only had uh, we only had one medic, and uh, you know what it, it did uh, it did okay for the first little bit, but eventually we just we we couldn't keep going. We got completely overpowered. Yeah, when you so run out of, once you run out of healing juice, then it's all over pretty much. Yeah, so like to give people an understanding, it's you have to outheal the parasite. You have to heal faster than it can suck life from you, so it's uh, it's challenging. Yes, and and I, I was a little bummed out that once somebody falls to that, it, it doesn't do a chestburster move. But I, I mean, I guess that would be too close to copyright. <laughs> Right infringement. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, these are guys that that uh, I think Valve liked the mod, hired some of the team, brought them in house, bought the bought the rights to the game. I'm sure, and uh, then they've been working on it kind of in their not I don't want to say spare time, but I mean, it seems like definitely something that's been like a kind of a hot project for them, and it's turned into a, a really fabulous game. I mean, it's a it's, I was pleasantly surprised, and it's free. So I mean, yeah, you can't from, beat the from price. what I understand, it's. Um... It's some of the guys who were working on Left 4 Dead went on to you know work on Alien Swarm and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, you can actually see you can see a lot of the Left 4 Dead elements back in the game, um, you know from from the sound effects that are you know littered throughout to uh, people in the Valve forums are saying there's actually a a director mode uh, like the one that exists in Left 4 Dead where you can actually control and spawn parasites to uh, oh cool uh, to to torture your friends although I don't think it's activated in game you have to uh, you have to enable it cheat, co- cheat codes or something. Yeah, like chat, that's you know, it. Seems cool. Console. Neat. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a neat experience. It's co-op. It's hardcore. It's it's. I mean, I think it's kind of what I think is where, where the direction PC gaming is going into. 
uh, maybe not the forty million dollar titles, but uh, an interesting kind of compelling experience that's uh, you know hardcore and and differentiates itself from the console. Because I don't think this game would really work very well. I mean, maybe the dual stick shooter kind of element works, but I, I don't know. It it seems more hardcore than a console game typically is. Not not to go too off topic, but what do you uh, how do you feel about uh, you know developers releasing games in that episodic format where they're charging you you know maybe fifteen bucks for a small slice of a game instead of that whole whole chunk of ones? Because I mean that's kind of what Alien Swarm is, where we only have one campaign right now. Right. Uh, not to say that they're going to charge for later ones, but it's just it's an episodic format that's you know different from a lot of other releases. I kind of have to think that they're going to charge. I mean, at some point you got to pay the bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I you know. As long as, and I, this is going to sound bad because we're talking about a Valve game, but as long as the, that episodic release isn't on Valve time, all of the three and a half years between <laughs> episode one and episode two, and then the infinity between episode two and episode three for Half-Life, I, I mean, I don't, yeah. have a, I don't have a problem with that. I, I'm perfectly, I mean, I like the way Sam and Max does their business. I, I, I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable. The trick is you have to, you know, you can't give people a cliffhanger ending and then make them wait three years or four years or an indefinite period of time for closure i mean it doesn't that 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 doesn't work for me that annoys me and makes me sad yeah you you feel the same or different Uh, disagree yes similar sort of way i mean i i I think uh it it all comes down to time you know what i mean like i'm i've been following uh the development they've been doing with uh, sonic 4 and uh what kind of worried me a little bit is that the the timeline they were talking between releases of you know sonic 4 volume 1 and sonic 4 volume 2 seemed like it was going to be over a year and, uh, you know, I mean, maybe not really a big deal in the case of Sonic, where it's, you know, it's it's Sonic. I mean, I don't know if you're playing it for the story. But, uh, but you know, something like, yeah, something, uh, you know, maybe Alien Swarm or something like Half-Life. I mean, I think that's a good example where it's been, it's been like, wh- when was Half-Life 3? Was there even rumors for when that was supposed to be dropping Episode 3? I, I mean, I they've never made so. an announcement. I've never heard yeah. any rumors. I, I mean, basically, every time there's an E3 or a press event from Valve, <laughs> people get really excited and think, oh, oh my God, hope. it's coming. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another new franchise from Valve before we see Episode Three. <laughs> so, um, I mean, uh, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting way to do things, and, and I like I mean I like the the low barrier to entry, especially because I mean I'm much more willing to take a chance on a game that costs fifteen bucks, like Limbo, than I would yeah. if it if it was a t- twenty hour experience that they were charging sixty bucks for. And and I mean that way you kind of I mean part of me says it's kind of like you paying for a demo, which is a little lame. But on the other hand, I, I'm really enjoying Limbo. I mean, it's a really it's an Xbox. I think it's on Xbox Live. It's yep. a, the arcade of summer or summer of arcade or whatever. <laughs> um, and it's this kind of it's probably this the creepiest game I've ever played. So uh, huh. anyway, talked about we talked about games some, but uh, you wrote an interesting story that we posted this morning about how science fiction is shaping the technology of today <laughs> and tomorrow. Of tomorrow, yeah, that that I did. It was. Uh, it, it was a fun article to write, actually, because, I mean, you know, c- contrary to what uh, I screwed up in the story a bit, and I think some people, you know, called me out for saying that uh, Firefly had faster than light travel. But, uh, but you know, other than that, I mean, you know, I, I do watch a great deal of sci-fi. I mean, you know, I grew up with things like Next Generation and uh, and Stargate and things like that. So, I mean, obviously it's... Uh, um, Obviously, I can see you know where where technology has kind of influenced uh, influenced everyday life and things like that, and it's it's cool to see the stuff they've made that I say to myself, you know, hey, I saw that you know watching you know this growing up, uh, you know there was examples of things like you know hypo sprays or you know painless injections. I mean, God, anyone who's watched you know the original series of Star Trek knows <laughs> that uh, <laughs> those are pretty much you know staple of uh, you know every every second episode. But uh, you know stuff like that is cool to see actually become realized. Um, but you know then you have other stuff like I'm a sucker for. Uh, 
you know, for reading Discovery Channel articles where they talk about, you know, advances in, like, you know, super fast spacecraft and things like that. Because, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope within my lifetime I'll be able to, uh, you know, see some sort of uh, very advanced spaceship that can travel between planets and, you know, mere hours. I, I'm I optimistic. It's, it's I mean, I, I mean, we hopefully we have a, a lot of life in front of us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's uh, – I think, I think that – I mean, I think what's – I mean – I don't know if you're a singularity guy, but I mean, if if you if you buy into that whole thing, it, I mean, if you look at the rate at which technology is advancing, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're moving we're moving more rapidly uh, ahead than we ever had before. And the question is, do we do that before we run out of you know resources to make everything happen? Who knows? We'll see. I guess. I I found. I see. I don't buy into the no faster than light travel and firefly though. Mm-hmm. Because it, no, and I saw you. I saw you comment on that. Yeah. I was kind of, kind of glad you backed me up on that. I mean, they don't specifically say, "Hey, there's the, we're firing up the warp drive," but they also there's no way that unless they're in some sort of crazy star cluster, that they can travel from from star to star in a matter of weeks rather than years or, or decades, and and mm-hmm. if they're not going faster than light. So, anyway, it it always struck me seeing the you know every time they did the special effect of the ship kind of blasting away, I always felt like that was it was kicking into light speed, you know. But I guess. I guess not. I don't know. I... Well, if it was kicking into light speed, you wouldn't be able to see it, would you? Well, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like when <laughs> no, they have I know, that I burst. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the anybody who questions that we're living in the world of tomorrow really just needs to think back to what, you know, what what their life was like fifteen or twenty years ago, ten, ten or even ten years ago. I mean, think about what life was like pre Google. <laughs> I mean, can you? Can, I mean, really, think about. How, do you remember using AltaVista? You might be too young, Matt, but. No, I mean, no, I, I actually, I remember growing up with Dogpile, Alta Vista, Ask Lycos. Jeeves, all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lycos, yeah. I mean, there was a point in time when Ask Jeeves was one of the better search engines on the on the internet. Yep. Think about that for a minute. I mean, that's terrifying. <laughs> it was a cartoon. Well, what is it doing these days, anyways? Is it? Is it uh... Uh, I think they're doing kind of recommendation, en- like answer engine type stuff, as in, right. you know, kind of like Yahoo Answers or Hunch or something like that, but maybe a little <laughs> a little more searchy and a little less answery, but it kind of yeah. with an answers twist on that. So. I mean, I, I don't mean to be down on Jeeves. I mean, I think that that, that they had a, a good <laughs> for its time. It was a uh, it, it was, was an interesting it was impressive idea, technology. But... Yeah. Anyway, so we're in the world of tomorrow. Let's let's um we're not. It's been a slow news week. We've got a couple of interesting pieces of hardware coming. Uh, we did get to do a quick look with the Droid X the other day. I'm hoping to get uh, review hardware in for that next week. Uh, I have a Samsung Galaxy S, the AT and T trim, the Captivate coming also. That should be here today. I mean, hopefully it'll be here by the time I get out of the podcast. Um, not holding my breath, but optimistic. Uh, I, I'm going to return my iPhone tomorrow, I think. I'm, I'm fed up and, and, and done with that. Posted my iPhone review. I, I'm, I'm tired of being victimized by Apple, frankly. So, um, I mean, have you, 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 you guys still don't have iPhones in Canada, right? We are getting them at the very end of the month, so uh-huh. I think in a week... Yeah, we're getting them in a week. So everybody and, will uh, get to find out how good exactly their coverage is at their houses. You know what? It's it's going to be weird because, I mean, following along with all of this from a country where, you know, we, we don't have the phone yet. I mean, I, I really wonder how much of an impact this is all going to have, you know, on, on people. Because, I mean, I don't know. If, if Apple's hardware return rates are to be believed, I mean, I feel like I'm still going to see people, you know, lining up to buy this in droves next well, week. Well, I mean, I don't know that I believe their hardware return rates. I mean, because yeah. you remember they came out and it was there's still a week and a half left to return the phone or a week left to return the phone mm-hmm. when Jobs came out and said, hey, look, the hardware return rate's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of waiting to see what the patch did, what they yep. said. 
and and what their response was going to be before. I mean, that's that was what I was doing. We waited. We held the review until after um, until after the press conference, just mm-hmm. specifically because we didn't. I, I mean, I wanted to make sure that we we had kind of full information. Mm-hmm. So and then and then if you look at the comments, a lot of the comments are, "Hey, I know that there's real problems with this phone, but I can't help it. I want to buy it anyway." So. <laughs> I think that there's a pretty pretty good reality distortion field going on around the iPhone, which is you know not to be not 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 unexpected really. Well, well, you know, on that point, I mean, how many people do you know that use their iPhone um, without a case? Because I mean, the majority of people that I know all have cases for their phones, whether you know they're jelly cases or leather cases or anything. Like, I don't think I've really seen anyone use it without a case. So, the- and, and I feel like that's one of those things where it, it's going to really. It's it's really going to mitigate the problems that I think a lot of people have up here because <laughs> everyone I've seen has used used a case. Well, in Canada, you have to use a case, or your your hand will actually uh, freeze to the phone, right? No, no, low I, low blow. <laughs> so so I used I used a case on the 3GS about half the time that I had it. I'd never used a case on the on my uh, first generation iPhone. Okay, which worked was great right up until the point that I dropped it and it stopped working. Um, <laughs> The 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 3GS. I don't think I really ever had a bad drop. I I just I'm really skeptical. I mean, that was the other thing that I brought up in the review. I, I really feel like I mean, they were selling that as not. They didn't. They never said unbreakable. But the feeling I got from the initial announcement for the iPhone 4 was that we were looking at some some really hardcore, sturdy, ceramicized glass, right? Yeah. And when people are dropping it two or three feet and it shatters, and you know, basically, it's a phone with no good place to land. I mean, unless it lands square on on the on the edge where it hits metal, it's going to land on glass no matter what you do. And God forbid there's a pebble or something down there. <laughs> you know, I, I I just feel like they went too far in the in the search for beauty and 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 shiny design and and not far enough in the kind of making of something that that, that you can put in your pocket and carry around with you every day. The the thing that I keep coming back to is I still can't fathom who thought it was a good idea to put to design the antenna around the entire width of the phone like that like i know it's it's supposedly supposed to be you know very very innovative in the way it does things but i mean i i think there's a reason that we stopped putting antennas on the outsides of phones well uh you know besides from a cosmetic reason yeah, of course but and, and i mean the response at the press conference i don't think I, I guess we recorded the podcast last week before we had seen the press conference but they're they're kind of they're Jobs coming up on stage and saying, "Hey, this is a signal attenu- attenuation problem that every phone has," you know, yep. and then you know saying that, but but you know, we're going to give everybody cases because we want them to feel good, not because you know they never acknowledge that the problem is that people's skin conducts electricity and you're shorting out the two antennas when you hold it in that spot. Not that I mean, the problem isn't signal attenuation, although that definitely probably contributes. The problem is that you're shorting out the two antennas. When you touch, when you hold the phone in a certain way, and and I mean that's faulty design. That's not that's not. I mean, there's nothing about that that is not faulty design in my eyes. And and to hold it up against other phones and say that every other phone has the same issue. I mean, I think it's missing the point because there's no other phone on the market right now where holding it basically grounds the antenna. That that doesn't right. happen. Right. Uh, and that's that's what's happening with the iPhone four. So right. I mean, I mean, I can literally sit in my bedroom, <laughs> hold the phone in my left hand, dial a number. It will attempt to make the call for four or five minutes, the moment I move my hand away from the antenna, it, the call answers. And I, admittedly, I do live in a low signal area, which is, which is a, you know, partly my problem. But, I mean, every other phone that I do that with works. So why should this one not be different? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that's, that's, that's a, I'm done talking about iPhone. Let's, let's... <laughs> 
you're moving on now. Right, I'm, Actually, I'm moving speaking, on. I really speaking am moving of on. which, what what are you uh, what are you planning on moving on to? I know you've uh, debated this a little bit on Twitter and such, but uh, well, so, I'm curious. So. You know, I was I'd kind of discounted the Droid X in, until yesterday when I actually had one in my hands and saw how mm-hmm. pocket friendly it was. I mean, because it's very thin. Um, hmm. it, it's a little bigger than I kind of generally like. Uh, I, I'm going to carry the Captivate for the next couple of weeks anyway because I'm reviewing it. Uh, after that, who knows? I might stick with the Captivate. I might move on to the to the um, uh, to the Droid X. I don't think I'm going to go with the Evo just because the battery life situation still seems pretty grim there. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll try to get a uh, an AT and T trim Nexus one. I know they just went off sale yesterday, which is uh, <laughs> kind of a bummer and an awesome segue. But uh, I, I mean, I think you can still register for the Android Developer Program and, and uh, buy one through there uh, indefinitely. Yeah. Although I, it's unclear whether that's going to be a T Mobile one or an AT and T one. Hmm. Uh, the, you know, the other thing that I thought was interesting is this morning, uh, Wired's Gadget Lab posted a story about the rise of crapware on, on Android <laughs> phones. I don't know if you saw I that. I saw that, yeah. I, I read it. I, I hadn't realized it was quite that bad because I haven't used some of the, the later gen phones. You, you're carrying a Nexus. Are you carrying a Nexus or did you get the Incredible? I can't remember. Uh, no, I got the Nexus one. You got the Nexus. And, and I mean, yeah. it, of course, it's a crapware-free phone. Uh, do you, I mean, uh, you like it? Al- almost, actually. Almost crapware-free. The one thing that kind of surprised me is it comes with an Amazon MP3 app, um, which, I, I don't know, I don't think I can... I don't know if I can buy MP, uh, Amazon MP3s up here. But oh, uh, right. anyways, that was kind of strange, but uh, not a big deal. But anyhow, um, sorry, I you think, were going to say... I think all the Android phones come with the Amazon... I think that's their response to the iTunes store. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't... Enough, then. I'd be interested to know if you can use... It. I mean, actually, something you should... It would be an interesting story for you to write is... All the stuff that you can't get as a Canadian oh that we God. Americans can get. Don't get me started. Because I mean, you're, you're locked out <laughs> on Hulu and Netflix streaming and all that stuff ne- too, Netflix right? is coming. Netflix is coming now, actually. Uh, in October, maybe? I don't know. It's coming soon. Um, but yeah, don't get me started. Basically, anything. Hulu. Hulu's a little depressing. I mean, I know in its early days... Um, we were able to get on it through proxies and other fancy things like that, but it's 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 just you know small things like if someone posts a if someone posts an embedded video to the Daily Show and I mm. click on it, um, it won't let me go on the Comedy Central website. It'll bump me to the Comedy Network, which is our alternative. Uh-huh. And uh, the really shitty thing is it doesn't even let me onto the Comedy uh, Network website at all. It Ew. just it's I'm completely geoblocked. Um, Hmm. Which is one of the many things that we don't get up here. I, I could basically do a list. Uh, maybe I will one day if you feel like indulging a little bit of uh, Canadiana on the site. But uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's depressing. I mean, but you do get back bacon. Yeah, yes, we do actually, home. and it's uh, it is a delicious breakfast meat. I'll tell you and that. Let me tell you, I'm like 600 miles from the nearest Tim Hortons. So, uh... <laughs> do they even have them on the West Coast? Uh, I think in Vancouver. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe maybe the maybe I don't know. I think maybe the only time I've been to Tim Hortons was when I was in uh, Montreal. Ah, very nice. I can't remember. I... Anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, it's it's interesting because I mean, we we so frequently think of you know you guys getting a lot of the same stuff that we do, and then all of the digital distribution stuff you're kind of getting screwed on. So, and and you know what? It's not even that. Not not to go too far off topic, but uh, when I uh, when I ordered my Nexus One about a month ago, uh, the first thing Norm's, Norm said to me was, uh, "Why'd you order that? Why didn't you get like you know the Incredible or the Droid X or something?" And and I said to him, "It's because we don't get phones up here. We have a shit selection of phones." Um, I I would say that the Nexus One is probably the best Android phone in Canada right now. Uh, I, I mean, I, I the think o- the Nexus One is a I mean a really strong contender. I mean, it's 
I, I just like it because you can, you, you know, you get the, the updates immediately. And I feel like yes. Google's updates are always going to be better than TouchSense or Moto Blur or whatever Samsung's thing is called. Well, that's the funny thing because, I mean, uh, one of our carriers here, TELUS, is releasing the HTC uh, Desire in about a week or two. And uh, the HTC, HTC Desire, for all intents and purposes, is a Nexus One. The only difference is I think it has like 38 more megabytes of RAM and FM radio. Um, but I mean, it's at the end of the day, I mean, going with the desire means you're getting sense UI and you're not getting Google's updates. Right. And, well, and that was, or really they're coming I, slowly. Yeah. Sorry. Or they're coming more slowly. The desire is yep. essentially the same phone as the incredible, right? Uh, no, actually. I think the incredible is no, the incredible is packing a lot more in terms of, uh, I think in terms of camera and things like that. Oh, the, yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the incredible has an eight megapixel camera. Yeah. Yeah. Which is apparently half decent, from what I hear. Yeah, Norm. Norm was pretty impressed with it. I, I don't know how. I don't. I can't remember. He talked about it in his review quite a bit. It, it seems mm-hmm. comparable to the uh, the iPhone four camera, which I I actually the iPhone four camera has been a high point of the iPhone. But we're not talking about the iPhone anymore. <laughs> no more. Damn it, Will. Uh, yeah. I mean, so so the the but but I mean, you're happy with the Nexus. I I carried the Nexus for Thrilled, quite a while, yeah. and I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was a really strong phone. Uh, let's see what else. What else? What else is going on? Anything else exciting to talk about? I think that's, uh, we, not too we much. Talk about not the, too much. I know we talk Microsoft about is doing their quarterly earnings right now, but that's stuffy news. Wow, that's pretty exciting stuff. It's got to be, <laughs> the, you know, the quarterly earnings thing, it's got to be a little disappointing for Microsoft after the Apple quarterly earnings. And, and I think they have, what, like $45 billion cash now? That's Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of wondered if, if Jobs is really that pissed off at Gizmodo, why doesn't he just buy Gawker? <laughs> Shut it down. Buy Gawker right. and dissolve them into... Write a check. Oh, jeez. Exactly. Or, or change them into like a dog food review site. I, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be very vindictive. It would be funny. But uh... I mean, it would, it would give everybody a lot of fodder. I, I think uh, <laughs> the Daily Show guys would have something to say about that even. Well, I'm sure. Uh, so what do you say we answer some questions? We, we haven't done a Q&A, an all Q&A show. So why not celebrate our 20th podcast by... by you know, getting back and, and, and talking to the readers, the listeners. Yeah, let's roll. Our first question comes from Alexander. He's from Santa Maria, California, the barbecue capital of the world. I am going to, <laughs> as, as someone from Northeast Tennessee, right on the, the Virginia and North Carolina border, sir, you are you could not be more incorrect about what is the barbecue capital of the world. But I'm going to let it slide. Uh, Alexander says... <laughs> I currently own an iPod Nano, and I'm thinking about getting a new non-Apple product. I want it to have at least 8 gigs of storage and cost under $150. I was thinking of going with the Arcos Vision 3. Boy, that's bad spelling of Arcos. I had to kind of decode that one. But thinking about going with the Arcos Vision 3, I was hoping to hear your ideas on that or other suggestions. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Well, thanks, Alex. Alexander, sorry. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Matt? I'm not a. I mean, I, I would have recommended the Zoom HD probably three, four months ago, but it seems like that's a kind of maybe not end of life officially, but is a is an orphaned product. Yeah. Um, does Does uh, Microsoft not have any other lower capacity Zooms left? I don't. I don't know if they do the Zoom Classic anymore. Hmm, I mean, I think that I think that the the Nano is so dominating that kind of market that it's either you know you either buy the iPod or you go with the Arcos or the iRiver or one of those kind of. You know, uh, uh, Pacific Rim. I mean, I, I don't want to say novelty, but they're almost for the super hardcore music listener who's not happy with the audio quality on the iPod. Yeah, um, I, I know if you if you're looking for something that's aesthetically similar to an i you know to some of Apple's products, I know iRiver puts out some some decent some decent looking products from time to time. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's it's funny actually. I I don't really uh, I'm not too aware of what's out there right now in terms of like small cheap 
you know, capacity media players. But I know, uh, I think Sandisk is still kicking around with some like good, um, some good decent all, uh, expandable options. Sure, right? um, I don't know what are Sony's options like these days. Do you have any clue? Oh, I think Sony MP3 players are pretty grim. I, I would say, I mean, I think that iRiver is a good a good bet. Find something in the right price range there. Arcos, I mean, make sure you check reviews because their products seem to be kind of up and down. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Nano's not a. I mean, for what it does, the Nano's not a bad player though at all. And I, no. I mean, I bet you could probably find a fire sale on a Zoom. Let me see. I'm going to actually take a second and look up. Uh, if I can suggest Zoom. one thing as well, it's that uh, maybe you might want to hold off until September because uh, that's if you know if history tells us anything, that is when Apple announces uh, their new line of iPods and things like that. So I mean, you you could be seeing a you know higher capacity iPod minuscule something for you know reasonable price. That so, is that's that something is to think about. True. I wonder if there's a I wonder if there's a uh, if you can get a fire sale on a Kin. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> did did that thing? How much internal storage did that thing have? Uh, it depended. I think it was four or eight gigs, something like that. It wasn't a ton, mm. but um, maybe it was eight or sixteen. I can't. It, it was it was not as much as you would expect. More than you might think. And it seems like there are they are still selling the classic Zunes. I don't know that I would recommend a classic Zune at this point. I think I mean the HD is a really awesome player. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little expensive. I mean, I guess it's I guess it is orphaned, but I I don't think it's that orphaned. And if you're just using it to listen to music, it's going to remain as awesome today as it as it was, you know, going forward. So it's not like they're going to end support for it. you. Won't be able to sync it or anything like that. Uh, yeah. And the Zune Pass, if you're interest, interested in a subscription music service, I think the Zune Pass is the best thing going right now. It it looks pretty attractive when I was looking at it a uh, a few weeks back. It's prob- Although probably you know, another thing that here, you can't but... get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. In, in Canada, in Canada, it's called the Zune Pass A. Is that uh, no? Jeez, uh, so have I have I dropped any A's? Have I dropped any Z's yet? No, you haven't done any Z's or A's yet. <laughs> I, I I was I've been I've been watching though. I'm waiting. It's only a matter. Okay, of time. okay. Soup Raven says, "Dear Will and Norm, and or any other, this is only a test guest." That kind of rhymes. <laughs> I'm hoping you can help me with an annoyance I've been dealing with for about two years. I have a set of Logitech Z5500 digital 5.1 speakers and a Triton AX360 5.1 headset, both which I connect to the three 3.5mm stereo mini jacks on my Sound Blaster X5 Fatality. Yes, I know it's gimmicky, but BF2 supported XRAM, and I love that game. The problem. Every time I want to play online games and use voice chat, I have to disconnect my speakers and connect up my headset, and then reverse this process afterwards. The obvious solution is to use three mini jacks, mini, mini Y-jack cable adapters to split it, Unfortunately, Creative packed the mini jacks so close together that the Y cable adapter plug body always impedes the neighboring jacks. I've tried a dozen Y cables and adapters and keep having this issue. I would settle for using mini jack extension cables and then attaching the Y cable adapter. However, I've been unable to locate a mini jack extension cable. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) Unable to locate a mini jack extension cable shorter than three feet. When using the three foot extension cable and the Y adapter, quite a bit of interference noise is introduced, making things even worse. Do you guys have any advice on this situation? Sup Raven from Los Angeles, California. What do you think, Matt? <laughs> it's funny because as you were explaining that, I was thinking in my head he should get a uh, should get a three point five millimeter uh, extension cable, and then you said extension cable, and now I'm thinking, well, what the hell am I going to recommend? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna I got I'm gonna go out on a limb here. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say that five point one sound in headphones never works right; always sounds bad. So just plug your headphones straight into that headphone port on the front of the the decoder box, and just just listen to stereo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know <laughs> I, I, I've been testing all these headphones. They all have all this psychoacoustic bullshit. It never sounds very good. The only one that's, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just, 
it's it's I don't want to say it's bad technology, but it's bad technology. It's it always sounds bad. I still have a couple of the tests, including the Tritons. I I could be wrong, but I don't like. I mean, just just go left and right. What's wrong with stereo? <laughs> Why does everything have to be something point one? Do do they do all that uh, five point one processing in hardware these days, or is it uh, is it still kind of software based too? Uh, on the on the PC side or on the headphone side? Uh, on the headphone side. So on the headphone side, usually they have a decoder, and then they've bought. Uh, there's a couple of different technologies. C Media makes one. Dolby makes one that does uh, psychoacoustic stuff to make mm. sounds. Two speakers sound like mo- more than two speakers. And I mean, while it kind of works, it, it, it the thing is you lose so much quality. Uh, I, I feel like, and and you're better off with the left and the right. And having clear left and right, you know, it's more effective than than trying to get like left and up and right and behind. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I mean, the one, the only one that I've used that actually works are those Psycho five point one headsets, but they have a, a set of other problems, namely that they weigh like three pounds and yep. hurt your neck. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a good solution for you. I know that there are some switcher boxes that you can buy that will reduce the interference. The bad news is I don't know that there's any that do three inputs. So, I, I figure that the uh, what you will uh, what you'll you know gain in the lack of interference is probably worth just you know unplugging them and plugging them back in each time. Yeah, just. I just, mean, r- r- really, how often are you switching? Well, I mean, I, when I used to see, this is why I eventually ended up going with just just headphones because I got tired of crawling around behind the computer. Uh, fair. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think. Just try it on stereo. See how see how unpleasant it is. See how much you feel like you're losing, and and then you know, write back. Let us know what you think. The next victim. Oh, this is a BlackBerry question, so this is for you, Matt. <laughs> ben asks, "Hello, tested crew. I've been a listener since day one. And I don't think I've ever heard you talk about BlackBerry phones. Is there any particular reason for that? Even in episode seventeen, when you were talking about mobile phone keyboards, the BlackBerry wasn't mentioned." The reason I ask is I'm getting to the point where I'd like to get a new phone as I'm bored with my Nokia 5800 Express Music. I am trying to decide between the iPhone 4 and the BlackBerry 9700 Bold, or if you care to make any other suggestions, I'm open. It's just recently a few of my friends went from the iPhone 3GS to the BlackBerry and said it was much better. They all, they all use their phones for internet, mainly Twitter, but I want a phone for internet and music. Anyway, thanks for your time. If you read this and keep up the epic podcast. Ben. Ooh. Well then, okay. So um, I can talk about why we don't talk about BlackBerry. Sorry, I, I I I'll talk about why we don't talk about BlackBerry. And then I'm going to you know ask you for recommendations because <laughs> I'm not a BlackBerry guy. Uh, we don't talk about BlackBerry because primarily it's it's enter- it's people use it in enterprise and corporate stuff, and we don't. Uh, it's not something we really care about as a as a like matter of. I mean, we don't. It's not that we don't care about people that work for a living. It's that. You know, we're not going to test enterprise server software and BlackBerry enterprise server that connects to Exchange and all that kind of stuff. We're 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 for people. You know, we're for normal dudes like you and me who who go out and buy stuff. You know, to use. Uh, and the BlackBerry is is. I mean, while I think that there's a Hollywood contingent that's very pro BlackBerry, out in the real world, most normal people are going to go Android or iPhone or maybe even like Nokia Symbian before they go BlackBerry. What do you think, Matt? Am I crazy? Uh, yes and no. I mean, maybe it's just because I go to a uh, a journalism school, but everyone I know is buying Blackberries, uh, and and I can kind of see some you know validity in that because I mean, you know what? The Blackberry keyboard is one of the best I've ever used. 
Uh, I, I think the BlackBerry, in general, they make keyboards that blow all others out of the water. The problem is that it's it's the software that they lack, uh, and I don't know whether that's going to change with the BlackBerry 6 operating system, and that's that's really their problem. I mean, you know what, if, if you're debating between an iPhone and a BlackBerry, um, an iPhone is going to give you apps, and a BlackBerry is going to give you messaging, and uh, and, and that's really that's really where the line lies, is, uh, is, you know, what do you want? Do you want games? Do you want music? Do you want messaging? Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> th- that's I carried a bold for a little while just to kind of see what was up with BlackBerry. I guess mm-hmm. last year, maybe the year before. I guess it was last year. It was right before the 3GS came out. And I mean that that is that is definitely true. The 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 messaging is glorious on the yes. BlackBerry typing. Whether you're talking about instant messaging, uh, email, uh, a Twitter, whatever, anything that you that involves typing and sending messages is good. I found web browsing to be pretty abominable. Awful. Uh, you know, anything that you couldn't get through one of the limited number of apps basically just didn't work well. Uh, so you'll you'll find apps for most of the basic stuff. Like if you want a Twitter app, you'll get it; it's decent. Um, if you want a Facebook app, you'll get it; it's decent. Uh, if you want to play tower defense against you know computer AI, forget it. Uh, so that's really. Uh, it, it almost seemed like a lot of the third party apps weren't even designed for for phones with color screens. I mean, it, it, it yeah. seems like it's. I mean, it's it's very businessy. Yes. And I mean, I feel like the the time of the I'd rather have more screen than than, than the keyboard. Keyboard. Yeah. Cause I, that I, that was the thing that struck me most going to the Nexus One is I said, "Holy shit, this is like three times the screen of my BlackBerry Curve," and uh, it, it it was a bit of a start. A start I mean, are like. you having trouble adjusting to to the on screen typing? Or are you finding it to be uh, okay? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I have my days. I, I still maintain that I can type way faster with a BlackBerry. Uh, in fact, I'm almost considering if I ever get into a position where I'm doing more, you know, daily journalism work where I need to email stuff a lot, I might buy a secondary BlackBerry just to juggle both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. The, the thing I think that saves the Android's keyboard right now is the very, very nice predictive text things, suggestions that pop, uh, pop up above the keyboard. Uh, I think that's indispensable. Right. And swipe I have not tried yet because I do not have access. Well, and the other thing I like is the is the the fact that you don't have the uh, uh, the, the the keyboard adapts. I mean, you don't have to use all these modifier keys to get symbols and numbers and and all that kind of stuff, which is which I mean really slows me down a lot. I find. You know what's funny actually is I think I would almost prefer that in some cases because I find that switching like just the stock Android keyboard lacks any sort of punctuation whatsoever. Um, that it, it's it's very it's I don't know it's it seems kind of difficult to write um, you know sentences or emails and things like that without having to switch to the secondary keyboard underneath quite a bit. But well, maybe that's just me. I mean the, I the, the you know the double tap double space to, to period trick right? Yeah yeah it's just I, I tend to use a lot of commas and the only way I can get to a comma is yeah. by above that's the true. keyboard and that's pain in the ass. I think you can I think you can actually hold down too. I think you can hold down what would normally be the comma and it'll give you the option. Okay. Um, that might be actually, yeah, yeah, I've tried that. The problem is, is it's still slow. You're still there for That's like true. two seconds That's waiting true. for it to pop up. Yeah, the, and I agree on the key, on the <laughs> apostrophe and the comma both should be on the on the the main keyboard screen on every phone. Is, is there any way to like make those pop like? Are commas and periods easy to do with swipe? Is is that something that's um, or a swipe I, mainly I'm just not, for speed with typing? I'm, I haven't used the most recent version of swipe. I know that I think apostrophe was not there, but apostrophe usually, usually autocorrects. That's the thing I found. Yeah, it's been disastrous for my typing on normal <laughs> computers because they don't do that. Uh, but the comma is is a perennial problem on Android. I think that's that's that yeah. was one of my big complaints with the Android thing, and I never actually told anybody about it because I thought people would think I was a lunatic. So uh, anyway. I think I think uh, Ben's question has been answered 
well as well as we're going to answer it probably. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, we will never speak of BlackBerry again. Well, no, I mean, I would say I think when the next <laughs> when 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 the Great Hope for BlackBerry System Six, I think, right, is yep. the next one comes out. I mean, it seems like their their goal is to make this more consumer focused and more more kind of built for ordinary people. In addition to having all the enterprise stuff that they do on top, and I mean, if if that's the case, we'll definitely cover it. I mean, it's it's not like we're we hate BlackBerry. We just don't like enterprise talking about enterprise stuff as a general rule. And as a nice little bit of revenge, I think I might actually be getting the BlackBerry six before you guys. No, well, they're a Canadian company, right? <laughs> they're a Canadian company. They're like an hour away from me. Yeah, they're so. I mean. Uh... I don't know. I, they're definitely floating around in the wild. I should phone up people I know at RIM and see if they will show me things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Make that happen. <laughs> so James Carter asks, actually, I guess he says, hi, you guys are my new favorite tech podcast. I'm, you're also my only tech podcast. So I guess oh. that's a kind of dubious honor. But I thought <laughs> I'd bring a couple of questions your way. Well, we can answer one of them, James, but... Uh... Let's see, blah, 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 blah. He's going to give a lot of background information below. This is like a 3,000-word email. Good grief. I'm, I'm looking to change my laptop for one more, one more suited to gaming. What would you recommend as a good mid-range gaming laptop? I'm aiming for something in the region of 600 to 700 pounds, 1,000 to $1,200. Alienware and thus are, are priced out. Alienware are thus priced out. But I've seen some good reviews of the Dell Studio 15. 15 inches is the largest screen size I'd want, and the laptop will rarely be taken out of the house. I'd like to keep my laptop mobile around the house and access my music and video remotely. I only need a maximum of 500 gigabytes, but I would like to use RAID 1 mirroring setup for instant backup. What sort of network storage solution would you recommend? Okay, so first, something that, that there's a common misconception here that RAID 1 is backup. RAID 1 is not backup. It's mirroring. It's for data redundancy, for uh, decreasing downtime. It does not back. I mean, yes, if one hard drive fails, your data will still be there. But any other type of data failure is going to, RAID doesn't do any good for because it immediately you know uh, uh, sends the changes that happen to one of the drives to the other drive. So if you go in and delete your music folder by accident, RAID one will not make that come back. Yep. You delete it, it's gone. A virus wipes something out, it's gone. You get file corruption, it's gone. You're much better off to use those two drives and do a, a regular but infrequent backup once a day, once a week, however much you add new data, you know, figure that out from there. And then occasionally take it off-site, you know, store it off in the cloud, whatever. You Backup and RAID are not the same thing. So, okay, that, so that's done. <laughs> uh, $1,000 laptops. We recommended the Studio 15. I mean, it, Norm gave it a pretty good review. It, it's definitely not a perfect laptop, but it's a, a very good laptop. I would look at the, the um, HP Envy, although I think that might be out of the $1,000 price range. Uh, what else? What else is out there in that range? Uh, there are some Alienware machines that are in that price range. The M13X, which is, I think, around uh, 12. I mean, it goes up to like $3,000 or something ridiculous, but you can get a $1,200 model that, that uh, I recall you being able to get a $1,200 model that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, but what's the. Uh, I, I've always found with the Alienware is the graphics cards on the lower models are generally not. Well, they, they're, they're, they're okay. They're, you know. It depends on whether you want to hook it up to an external monitor or you want yeah. to have it connected. Or you're just going to use the panel. If you're just using the panel, usually the, they kind of tune the graphics cards to, to work well with the panel resolution. If you're planning on hooking a 1900 by 1200 monitor up, you're going to have to buy a 17-inch 17 17 inch laptop. Yeah. Um, to access your mobile, your music and video remotely, I, what I would do is take an old PC that you're not using anymore and turn it into a home server. Put a 500 gig or a, or a terabyte hard drive in there. I mean, they're, those hard drives are crazy cheap now, uh, and and basically 
you know, the home server is a great piece of software for storing all of your stuff remotely. It'll let you back up the drives. You can do the redundancy if you insist. I don't recommend it. It, it just makes everything slower. Uh, but anyway, that's it. And it includes all the stuff you need to stream, or you can run your own streaming software on it. If you want to install something like Firefly to stream to iTunes, if you want to install a PS3 media server to stream to consoles or to DL- DLNA boxes, all that stuff is really easy to do. Anything to add, Matt? <laughs> I, um, I kind of took that one. On the topic of laptops, actually, quickly, um, because we were talking about those before. Uh, I, I don't know if whether you found this, but I find it's really difficult to find laptops with decent graphics cards that are 15 inches. Um, and that when I originally bought my MacBook Pro about two years ago, um, the MacBook Pro was the only 15-inch laptop to have a 9600 uh, NVIDIA graphics card in it. Yeah, it would have to go 17 inch for everything else. It was it was mind blowing. It's kind of ironic that the MacBooks seem to have the 15 inch size, not the 13 inch size. At the 15 yeah. inch size, they seem to have better graphics than nine tenths of what, especially what you find at retail, um, on on uh, at Best Buy and and those types of places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the thing to do is to go if you want discrete graphics, Lenovo's out. Unfortunately, that's kind of my go to recommendation for for solid laptops. Uh, definitely look at HP and Dell, and and I wouldn't discount Alienware because they do do inexpensive, inexpensive, relatively inexpensive laptops these days. The other one that the, the other one that's typically good is Gateway, but I don't. I mean, I don't think they're actually selling laptops anymore. I think yeah, Acer's I haven't seen Gateway in a, them. in a long time. So Dexter asks, I'm sure you noticed it's summertime. As a college student stuck in an apartment without air conditioning, my MacBook Pro has been warming up quite a bit, and I've been wondering if it would be a good idea to get some type of cooling device device or mat for it. If so, what do you recommend? Well, since I don't, it doesn't get hot here. I don't really have this problem. Mm-hmm. Do, do you use any kind of type of cooling device for your laptop? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm using my laptop as a my primary gaming machine right now, which is a little depressing good sometimes. Grief. But sorry, I said good grief. Yeah, I, I know. It's uh, I'm building a desktop in September. I will document it for you all. Okay, excellent. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, the funny thing about this is I don't know what MacBook uh, Dexter has, but uh, my MacBook Pro, if I am gaming on it, it is, it's it's usually normal for it to hit probably about 90 degrees. Um, Fahrenheit that's or Celsius? Celsius. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy hot. <laughs> This thing, yeah, this thing will regularly hit 90 degrees when I'm gaming. And, I mean, I've never put a cooling mat on it ever. I mean, if if I have the dedicated graphics card running, then it probably gets hotter than yours does just idling, you know, in a apartment with, you know, air conditioning. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it's really up to your discretion. I mean, you probably don't even need a cooling mat. You probably just need to lift it up and, like, just, just perch it on something. Yeah, I mean, uh, just so that the fan is is not blowing into the table but blowing into the air. Well, or worse, into, like, a your cloth or something that's going to obstruct it. So, um, I mean, I, I actually do have a lap desk. I think I got it at, at uh, Target or Bed Bath & Beyond or something nice. like that. And it's, I mean, it's basically like a little pillow with a piece of wood on top. And, I, I mean, I set my laptop on that when I'm working on the couch or on the chair or something at home. And that's been really good. I, I kind of always felt like the ones with fans and stuff are a little gimmicky. If your laptop yeah. is, I mean, unless you have a giant supersized gaming laptop, I don't, I can't imagine you'd really need one of those. Although 90 Celsius is in, in I mean, that's the internal temperature, not on the surface, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're not, although it's, bacon it's, on if thing. I touch the thing, it, it burns. Yes. It hurts. The, um, there's that video from ages back where some guy's frying an egg on the back of his MacBook, and it feels like that's happening when I game. That seems it's bad. Uh, not pleasant. That seems bad. Um, so, I mean, and the other thing, of course, to remember is that when you, uh, you know, if you're having your laptop in your lap and it's getting that hot, you know, it can make you sterile. So you probably yeah. do want to have some sort of a desk or something there. Definitely. I uh, 
I, I try not to game too much on, on my lap. It seems, it seems unwise, yeah. Yeah. Um, David, let's do maybe two more questions, and we'll call it a show. Sweet. Uh, David asks, hey, Tested Podcast. I've recently done some testing of my own in regard to browsers. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, you should write a blog post about it, David. At the end of the day, I realize that Internet Explorer 8 best suits my needs, and then it starts up quickly and is straightforward to use. I don't need tons of add-ons like what Firefox has to offer, and Chrome's interface bothers me. Are there any glaring problems or reason why I should not use Internet Explorer as my primary browser? I can't seem to find any problems with it, or did I miss something? Cheers, David from Cleveland. And then David says that one in ten people are total idiots. The rest are just mostly idiots. I think that might be his signature. <laughs> um, I mean, the internet, half the internet uses Internet Explorer 8. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a bad product. It's just not as mm-hmm. fully featured as I like my browser to be. The the flack that Internet Explorer gets is because I, I it doesn't really uh, it doesn't tend to follow web standards as as nicely as everyone would like it to, and uh, that that's really where I think where it gets a lot of its flack from. Not not as much they, for security anymore. I mean, I think it's it's fairly secure these days, is it not? They, they I mean, they, when they fixed the ActiveX problems that plagued, I guess Internet Explorer five and six. I guess it was six. six yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, seven was definitely an improvement. Eight is a pretty substantial improvement. Eight actually improves the standards compliance uh, quite a bit, too. I mean, yeah. of course, they had that compatibility mode because previous versions of Internet Explorer were so broken with regards to rendering web standards that when some sites detect IE and then they, they use the new, more standards-compliant renderer, it, it was broken. <laughs> the sites were yeah. broken. So, um, I mean, it, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I, I don't have any beef with the... Internet Explorer. It's just not not the browser I use. I mean, honestly, I'm using Chrome for mainly because I like the fact that if one tab crashes, then it doesn't bring the whole browser down. I think that's yep. the biggest improvement to browsing that I've experienced in a in quite a long time. My my approach to Internet Explorer is, uh, you know what? I I will never knock it just because it's Internet Explorer. I mean, I feel if Microsoft is going to put in some you know serious work into trying to bring it up to you know bring it up to par with everyone else, I mean, I'm you know I'd be totally game to give it a shot again. Um, it seems like know. that's what they're doing with nine, though. I mean, that seems like yeah. that's the goal. I you know what? I'm optimistic for nine. I think it'll be I think it'll be decent. I don't know if it'll necessarily make me you know want to use it, but I think at the same time it's going to. Uh, it's going to satisfy a lot of people, I think, who have been frustrated with it for years. The, the bad news, David, is I think you're probably better get used to the Chrome, the way Chrome looks, because it seems like the tabs on top is the direction <laughs> the entire industry is going. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you have to get used to that. Uh, and I, I mean, the one thing I would say is, if you are going to run Internet Explorer, since it is the most popular browser uh, in the general internet, it is the most targeted browser for exploits and stuff like that. So make sure you run Windows Update and keep it updated regularly. Uh, keep your keep your filters and stuff on. Uh, pay attention to uh, prompts and things like that, so you don't actually accidentally install a whole bunch bunch of malware. But I mean, since it runs in that protected mode, if you're on Windows Seven, especially, it's it's a perfectly fine browser. They uh, they really need to go the Chrome route and uh, just have it update silently in the background. I, I, that's you my favorite I mean? thing that's... ever. Yeah. I, I love that. I remember when I first started using Chrome, I was wondering, you know, should I go and update it until I realized that it just it just does it. It just happens. Well, which is, uh, the other which thing is that, nice. The other thing that was funny about Chrome is if you don't update it in a fixed period of time, like I, my my machine at work stays on all the time, so the browser mm-hmm. never restarts, which is when it does the silent update in the background. And <laughs> you know, it, it said, "Hey, you haven't turned off your browser in two weeks. Uh, can can you do <laughs> that, please, so we can update?" And I, I was, wow. I mean, I was just stunned. I was like, "Wow, that's that's really amazing. Way to go, Chrome." Especially because I don't think you keep Firefox going for two weeks There's either. Firefox going for two weeks, you'd need to have like a eight, eight or, eight or <laughs> eighteen or twenty gigs of memory in the system, I think. So, 
Uh, last question is from Sam. Sam says, graphics cards! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> That's the subject line. Okay. He says, hey, I've recently been getting into PC gaming a lot more, mainly because of the Steam sales. And I was wondering what graphics card you guys recommend. I bought a Radeon HD 5750 and thought I was making an astute purchase because of its DirectX 11 capabilities. I've since found out that DirectX 11 is pointless if your card can't handle that technology to decent resolution. So what should I get? I don't have the world to spend something like 80 pounds. That's like 121 doubloons in your money. Do you think it means your money or my money, Matt? <laughs> I think your money. Although uh, it's the same now. It's nowadays, the same, almost. I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, if you know of any sexy-looking small form factor cases, I'd love to hear about them as well. My MATX board deserves an equally portable case. Hmm. So the DirectX 11 stuff, I mean, this has always been the case. When, when new graphics card technology rolls out, inevitably you're, you know, the low end cards aren't going to be able to handle it for two generations. Usually, you know, when DirectX nine came out, the low end NVIDIA cards were all DirectX nine capable and not one of them could run the game at anything more than like 800 by 600. <laughs> uh, the good news is there's not that many DirectX 11 games out there. The, the trick is to buy your graphics card based on the resolution monitor you have. So if you're running a 1920 by 1200 monitor, you want to run it native resolution. You're looking at a 5850 or 5870 or the new GTX 460 from NVIDIA is, is also seems to be a very good card. It's been reviewing really yep. well. Uh, if, if you're uh, running a 22-inch monitor, or 20, uh, I guess it's 22-inch is 1680 by 1050, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I have, a, I have a 22-inch that's running 19... 19 by 1080? Yeah. Okay, so if you're running a 1680 by 1050 monitor, you can usually go down a, a step, and a 5850 is going to be really, really impressive. Uh, same thing for the 460. I think the 460 is a little... What, what, the 460 is like $230 or something like that, so it's still uh, yeah, outside it's of your price cheap. range, out of, out of Sam's price range. Um, yeah. The bad news is I don't think you're going to find what you want for 80 pounds or, or 121 doubloons, um, depending on the resolution you're running. So you may actually... I mean, you're probably okay sticking with the 5750 and just turning the resolution down and then saving saving some money until you can afford uh, a higher-end card. Or you could always Craigslist it if you really wanted to and fall back on an integrated if you haven't. But uh, Yeah, hey. so yeah, Craigslist, Craigslist, punt, add the Craigslist total for the 5750 to your 80 pounds and... And then you're looking at a 5830 or something like that, which is going to be substantially faster. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think NVIDIA has anything compelling in that price range. Most of their stuff in the low end is um, is uh, a previous generation cores, and you, I, I recommend staying away from them. Just for power I mean, reasons, if nothing else. Yeah. So, well, then. So I guess that does it for questions this week. Um, if you have a question, as always, you can email us. Our email address is easy. It's podcast at tested.com. Keep the questions short. And we'll keep the answers long. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but it seems like something a dude on the radio might say. Um, and I guess that does it for us this week. Uh, as always, you can find Matt and me, uh, well, on the TF2 server when we're not working or going to school or, or spending time with our significant others or, you know, hunting people for sport. Oh, wait, no, no, that's what we do on the TF2 server. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, for Matt, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's 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 always a blast. Anything coming, you'd like uh, to plug? I, I mean, I usually people ask for plugs at the end of radio. <laughs> Do guess. they really? Uh, no, not really. I mean, yeah. you know, read my stuff, read everybody else's stuff. We uh, got some good coverage up this week and last week too. We did uh, Mac and PC. Yeah, the, the Mac and PC. The, the OS. Love your OS week. I think was uh, was a. Uh, we'll we'll probably do it and actually tell people about it next time rather than just kind of yeah. posting on Twitter that it's Love Your OS Week. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this great stuff went up all this week. Uh, like I said, Droid X first look. Norm finally posted his Droid Incredible review. He spent a, uh, well, copious time with that. iPhone 4 review is up. Uh, done a bunch of how-to, some really awesome photography how-tos this week. Uh, what else have you been working on, Matt? I can't, you were on vacation last week, I think, right? Or uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Although I'm going on a mini weekend vacation next week. Good grief. But I know, I know. It's crazy. It's only two days. Two okay. days. Just traveling out of province. That's no good. Big deal. That's yeah. uh, uh, provinces are like states, right? They're bigger. Yes, okay. <laughs> that's exactly it. Okay. So cool for uh, for Matt Braga. I'm Will Smith. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook. Like us. Love us. Send us nasty comments. We like it. We just like getting feedback from you guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all uh, well next week. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Woohoo. Yeah, thank you very much. That was uh that was excellent. That was a lot of fun. Oh, you put it in fancy. one place, it comes out the other. It's that like is magic. kick ass. I've just been using it to back up all my writing, but Oh dude, uh, that's why we've been recommending Dropbox for three years. It's it's <laughs> rad. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, recorded June Fuck, it's July. This is like the seventeenth take. I'm 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 terrible today. <laughs> take take it slow. I'm going to think about this, then I'm going to talk, because that's, that's the way you're successful, I find. <laughs>